Oh hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Secondary Fermentation, episode number 23. As usual, I'm joined with the crew of East Carolina Beer and Brewing, my co-hosts, Nick and Elsie. Elsie in the house. And you got me, I'm Joe. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Last week we uh, finished out our beer evaluation mini-series. So oh, now we're fresh out of content. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the last episode. This is all we got. <laughs> yeah, we're done for after this. Uh, that's all we wrote. Five-part series. And, Thank, and you <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. No, that was our, our little series. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, I suggest you do. We, we talk about the steps to evaluating beer, and we follow the BJCP process on how they evaluate beer and, and what they use in the, the beer judging process. So... Kind of a neat little thing, get you thinking about beer, but, you know. I'm always serious. thinking about beer anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> thinking about beer critically when you're enjoying it, other than thinking, yeah. this is so tasty. But That's what LC, LC does that every time she cracks a beer. Yeah. This is so tasty. So tasty. Uh, well, sometimes I don't say that. <laughs> it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. <laughs> sometimes it's a 0. 0.5 untapped rating. Harsh. <laughs> harsh. Very harsh. Yeah, Elsie and I just got back from a trip. We did. Just a little trip. Nothing too crazy, right? Just yeah. a little trip across the land. Where'd you guys go? Went to the island nation of the Maldives. Far, oh. far away. Yeah. Very far. I really want to know what's the most impressive part of that whole trip. What? Was the fact that Joe and I spent every last waking and sleeping minute together. We and did. We are still together. <laughs> even, when I, even when I went to the bathroom, she followed me in there and I was like, hey, give me some space. Every waking, <laughs> Every breathing, waking, sleeping, breathing, showering, sleeping peeing minute. Yeah, yeah, that when I... We're stuck like glue. We went to work yesterday on the way. I was like, oh, we're going to be apart during work today. Uh, I was like, this is the first time we've been apart since the honeymoon <laughs> for two weeks straight. He and cried a little bit. Surprisingly, we didn't fight. The whole time. Wow. We, did, we didn't fight until we got back. <laughs> yeah, until we yeah, got back. Like, oh, now yeah. we're home and we're cranky because we have to go back Brawling. to work. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Have, do you have any good beer on that trip, Lauren? I had some Carlsberg. Some Carlsberg? Yeah. Carlsberg. Is yeah. That That's what they stocked or? our mini fridge with. Mm-hmm. Was it like complimentary? You just drink as much as you want? Well, yeah. they, there was like two loaded in there every day. Oh, nice. Um, As part of our like all-inclusive package, they'd load those in and then... We'd go. Uh, really, the beer selection was not that great, as usually it is for a resort. They had Lion Beer, mm. which is from Sri Lanka. I yeah. think. It's a lager. Nice. Lion, like the animal. Yeah, also. lion, not like a liar. Yeah. <laughs> lion Beer. They also had Tiger Beer, which I didn't get to have because I ordered it once and they just gave me a Lion Beer anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he won't know the difference. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there were no beer. Bear beer. No, lions, <laughs> tigers, and bears. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> oh my. I know you were all inquiring. Yeah, that was actually pretty good, I gotta say. Uh, but then they had Carlsberg, and then Corona. Yeah. Randomly. Saw, saw a guy. <laughs> saw a guy had a Corona. Just random, yeah. So of all the imports to get to Maldives, that were not that Corona. corona. Yeah. Maybe I thought, like, Heineken or something? I don't know. I don't know yeah. what I expect there, but. Or even no, just like there's like Sapporo and stuff like some other like South Asian or yeah, Asian beers. Yeah, easier so, to get. But 
But, you know, I actually liked Lion. It was very refreshing on the hot days. I was like, give me a Lion beer. And they always served it. It was one of the ones on draft. It was either that or Carlsberg on draft. And it came out just so crisp and clean. I think I posted a photo of it. Yeah. On there. Check the gram. Check the gram. Oh, yeah, on there. <laughs> the ambiguous <laughs> place. On the gram. Instagram. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I was living vicariously through you guys since I was stuck here in North Carolina. Just drinking North Carolina beers. Carolina beers. No Carlsbergs or Lion beers to speak of. <laughs> but uh, You know, I was missing uh, craft beers, though, after a little bit. Because it's like, if you're just yeah. drinking lagers for eight days straight, you're... Start to miss the beer. Yeah, so now you're back. It's time to, you know, reintroduce your palate to to yeah. fine craft beers. Yeah, that's why I mean. We had a layover in Chicago, and I made sure I was like, we need to find a place that sells beer stat. So we went and got a couple airport beers. I had a, a pale ale from, oh gosh, Maplewood Brewing that's in Chicago, uh, and then I had a Kolsch. It's called Della. That was from, where was that? That was also in Chicago. But some uh, neat spots, or some nice beers to, to bring you back in. Oh, yes, the one I had was um, Charlatan from Maplewood. That's a pale ale. And then I had, oh, no, did I not check it in? Mm. Oh, no! I had Bodum, which was an IPA from Half Acre Brewery, or Half Acre Beer Company. Oh, here's the other one, Della, which is a Coles from Old Irving Brewing Company. So I got to sample a couple Chicago offerings. Uh, while we were there. Oh, it's nice when even when you're coming back to the States and you pop into a different city, get some uh, some local... Airport beers. Local airport beers. <laughs> what, what better way to, you know, kind of avoid the scaries of coming back from a, a long, nice vacation in sunny Maldives where your view is literally the ocean <laughs> every you're day. You're just surrounded by the ocean. Uh, Go out, swim with the sharks, which was... Lauren got concerned at first. And I was a bit too when you see like a six foot shark swimming not that far from you, and you're yeah. like, oh, sh- oh snap. So I was concerned initially because of that. And then I looked up online that there's zero reported shark um, fatalities or attacks in the Maldives. Then I had this sense of, oh, okay, it's fine. Then it was pointed out to me that those are reported. So, there's probably still attacks, it's just they're unreported. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I had a false sense of security, but it's Yeah, fine. but it still can't it's be fine. that many if, like, none of the turi- like tourists reported it. You don't know, because they're dead. What if that's the biggest conspiracy at the Maldives, is that the resorts just <laughs> don't report any shark attacks, that their yeah. yeah. average ratings and their reviews are very high. Yeah. So, right, we're going to push this. Hushed us up, but no, like you're, yeah, we went out and off our like room, you could go and snorkeling. So we went in and we're going, and all of a sudden, I just like am under the water looking, and then all of a sudden, there's just like a shark, and I was like, holy cow, but it was what, a black tip reef shark, mm-hmm. which they say are harmless to humans because they swim away as fast as they can when yeah. they get near humans. But you guys pet them, yeah, uh, no, no, but then we also saw like a nurse shark chilling under a rock, and we were like, what is this tail? It was like three feet of tail just sticking out from under this rock, and then like swam around to the side of it, and you could see how huge it was, and you're like, oh my gosh, this thing's giant, but it just was just laying on the bottom, not uh, doing anything. Nurse sharks have those kind of like gangly looking teeth, right? I don't know they're what they nasty looking. got I for teeth. I didn't get that close. No, we didn't see Smile. its face. I thought they had more of like a 
I don't know. I'm thinking of catfish looking face. Oh, they are catfish looking. But yeah, they're just like lay on the bottom. I'm gonna think of it has the like gangly teeth. I don't know why we're getting. I just love shark. Shark, shark attack. No, it was pretty cool though to see all that stuff. Yeah, it's kind of a once in a lifetime type of opportunity. Unless you guys, you know, take a second honeymoon. Yep, next week we're on our way. I mean, you know, I do like to plan ahead and plan for the next trip so that I have something positive to look forward to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Also glad you're back. Thanks. Yeah, so we can keep recording sodes and yeah. crushing brews. Speaking of that, you guys getting thirsty? Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> gosh. I've got this water, but I don't want it. I want beer. Yeah. So let's crack a beer, and actually, we'll be popping bottles instead of cracking beers. Popping let's see how long it takes me to get this cork out here. I've already undone the cage. All right, ready? Uh huh. Ooh, sounded like we were popping some buble here. Uh, but we have a bottle from... What are you looking at me when I said popping buble? Oh, no, I didn't know that you were popping this. Oh, you didn't want to pop this? No. I told you we were going to pop this. I did not. Oh. You're having some, though. Well, now it's popped. Oh, your macros are fine. <laughs> Beer, they said you can count flexibly as a carb or a fat. I don't have much of either. Prelude to later. Um, but yeah, so we have Grand Cuvée Stout Imperial, Imperial Stout. It is from, uh, Quebec, Brasserie avec des malts de Quebec. De Quebec. Brewed with malts from Quebec. Uh, and this is an 11.5% ABV Stout. Comes in a nice bottle. Got this, uh, from the Rare Beer club that my brother had gotten me for christmas and this is from the three musketeers in french les trois musketeurs musketeurs so yeah. very quebecois of them so let's pour it and see how it looks Ooh, that's a nice glugin noticing it's a pretty viscous syrupy looking boy as you yeah. might you might suspect Nice frothy head. Oh, I guess not so much frothy, it's just bubbly. I know it's probably not a distinction for many people, but it doesn't have that like whipped held together consistency. It's more of just like Oh yeah. In terms of micro bubbles. Yeah, and it's like um I forgot what I was reading one time, but it like talks about the quality of head, yeah. And even like if there's different size bubbles and things, I can't remember what that displays for characteristics. It is uh, kind of viscous, though. It takes a minute to run down the side, but the liquid overall is not too bad. The head actually stays pretty good for a big, heavy stout like this. I feel like sometimes they have no head at all. Yeah, and nice you can, aggressive pour you got. Mm -hmm. Get it some... And plus, when we popped the, the cork, too, it was pretty carbonated, you could hear. What are you getting on the schnoz? The old schnifferoo. Caramely. Sweet. A little bit of chocolate, you think? Yeah. Maybe coffee? Yeah. Not very bitter, but more sweet on the nose, I'd say. <clears throat> yeah, I'd say some... A little bit of coffee, but... Getting a lot more of like a... Uh, 
Yeah, like a caramel, kind of a, maybe a brown sugar, like molasses mm-hmm. type. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I don't know if it's dark fruit. It might be just the molasses with the alcohol combined, though. You're <laughs> just logging it down. Did you oh, taste it already? Mm-hmm. It's tasty. What do you think? It's tasty. What's your mouth feel? <laughs> Evaluation. Sticking to our eval. We talked about appearance a little bit. Dark, inky black, brown head. No light coming through this beer at all. So it's not as thick as I thought it was going to be on my tongue. It still has got some... It's a full-bodied beer for sure. Could be thicker. Could be thicker. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a little not bit of thick mouth with coating. two C's. The viscosity is really coating everything. Mm-hmm. Letting those flavors kind of linger and develop. It's not super syrupy, though. A little bit, but it's just definitely very thick. No. Yeah. You know, like thick. It has some, like, bite to it, though. Like, a little bit of the carbonation pulling through. To where you can kind of feel the reaction on your taste bud. It's not just like a flat, kind of syrupy style. It's, it's actually a bit of a, you know, yeah, bright carbonation. Yeah, and I think front. that I think that does it well. I think if it was without that, it would be super, super heavy, almost too much to handle. Yeah, it drinks. Yeah, it drinks a little bit lighter than you might expect from a imperial, and at eleven and a half percent. Yeah, that's that's pretty heavy, but it's no joke. It's no. like a bottle of wine you got right there. Yeah. It's another nice addition from the Rare Beer Club. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. What do you think um, about that flavor? I don't, did we talk about that? <laughs> oh, tasty. Tasty. How does it taste? Will it taste tasty? It's quite tasty. What flavors are you getting other than tasty? <laughs> I um, taste the alcohols. Alcohols? Yeah. A little bit of ethanol. A little bit of methanol in there. <laughs> like on the I'm back blind. end. On the back end, it reminds me of like cough syrup. Mm, mm. Delicious. But, but on, the, on the front end, it's really good. I like it. Yeah. But I don't like the aftertaste and the feeling it leaves in my mouth. I don't. Yes, I think it's mouth going. I don't know mm. if I'm getting the cough syrup. I think it's the residual alcohol. Maybe if you had like an alcohol-based cough syrup. Yeah, that's what I prefer. <laughs> You'd be surprised. A lot of those children's cough syrups have a hefty ABV. Why do you think people are chugging cough syrup? Robo tripping. <laughs> well, it's like my parents always said: just a spoonful of uh, bourbon will help the medicine go down. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a <laughs> just a <laughs> bottle of bourbon be. helps the medicine. <laughs> a, a two fingers of bourbon helps the medicine go down. Toothache. Shot of bourbon. Shot of bourbon. Ooh, I wonder what happened if you put a shot of bourbon in this. Oh, wow. Let's, now not, let's not find out. Now we're partying on a weeknight. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that would be dangerous. This is not barrel-aged, correct? No. It is not. They give you a very nice breakdown on it, though, in English and in Francais. Um, so, so the tasting notes are roasted, malted, with resinous hops. Hmm. Are you getting that? I wonder if that's just that kind of... I'm getting. I guess I get more bitterness in the mouth feel than in taste. I think the sweetness is actually overpowering the. <laughs> uh, yeah, resin. They, yeah, it is kind of. They have a uh, food pairings on there, and they translated uh, like aged cheddar to old old cheese, old cheddar. <laughs> it just sounds funny when you say that. Here's some old cheddar. Yeah. You said mac and cheese, chocolate raspberry. So this is. Uh, they actually give you the malt bill. 
Pale, Munich, Avon, or Oat, and then Caro 160 and Carafa. And then they use Nugget, Chinook, and Cascade hops. Very interesting hop choices, I yeah. feel like. Chinook like IPA. That's, yeah. That's something you, yeah, you like a nice pale ale or IPA for... SRM 60, and the IBUs is quite high, 85. Um, doesn't taste like that, though. Gives you a serving temp, and it gives you a time when you can age it. Three to five years, they said. Huh. Maybe we'll have to buy another bottle. And age the heck out of it. Do you like it, Lauren? I do. Cough syrup descriptor doesn't sound... Well, it's just the aftertaste I'm not that big of a fan of. I also think I have a little cork in my glass. Really? Uh-huh. Interesting. Corky Romano. Uh, yeah, good. Good stuff. Yeah, I think... Um... As far as a, an imperial stout's gonna go, it's not yeah not like you said not quite as like syrupy as some might be. They kind of have that, I mean that mouthfeel or that consistency. It's very similar to like a, I don't know, like thinned out like maple syrup. It's not mm-hmm. sticky, but it's just um, you know all those like proteins are really like way down the viscosity of the beer. It has a little bit of carbonation. Um, it's kind of keeping it light and brighter. It drinks a little bit lighter. I think with uh, the kind of sweet profile of the malt and then kind of, I guess, just offsetting that bitterness from the roasty malt and from the, hops. the resinous hops. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty complete imperial stout here. I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying That's what I'd say. No doubt that this is an imperial stout. No doubt. Uh, it's an imperial no, stout. Doubt. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt it's a stout. But yeah, mm. uh, I think quite good. I, I like it. And I'll pour a little more. Yeah. Anybody else want to refill? Sure, I'll have a little touch plus. Would you like more, Lauren? Thank you. While we're doing that, um, maybe we can share some uh, recent news in our local beer world. There's local this, beer news. Some nice stuff. It might be nice to anybody listening that's in the area or in the state that um, maybe is not as privy or up to date on <laughs> yeah. in some the, of the uh, events in this area. Oh. <laughs> Desperately cleaning up that drop that spilled onto Nobody the little fabric thing. Uh-huh, no! I'll get it tied together. Um, yeah, and for us, local, if you haven't listened before, local is Greenville, North Carolina. So, eastern North Carolina, which we've got a pretty good beer scene from here to yeah. the coast, really. Uh, so, what's going on? So, we've got Fresh Off the Presses, one of the local breweries, Pitt Street Brewing Company, which distributes, not across the entire state, but to the towards the yeah they're definitely a state triangle, region, I think yeah and, um I don't know I've been I, I don't I wonder, I wonder if they are getting how far west they're distributing but yeah but um, they're expanding with the new tap room location uh, in Washington North Carolina aka Little Washington if you're from the area uh, which is a <clears throat> a neat little spot on the river mm-hmm. kind of got some like little boutique areas and they actually have two new venues that just opened up one was two rivers ale house uh which recently started brewing their own beer and then the mulberry brew house or mulberry mulberry brewing yeah mulberry, mulberry brew house yeah brew house right. yes uh and they are more focused as a restaurant but they have uh plenty of beers and a full bar service and actually a coffee mm-hmm. stuff they do too um yeah, but, very cool. I, I I didn't know that was in the works for them. So it's no, it's nice kind of surprising. Their uh, <laughs> their Greenville location is pretty thriving. It's definitely uh, they've got a big space for their for their tap room. They got a big backyard and like back area, and they got a lot of 
music and things and definitely a lot of like kind of ecology scene i think it's the, the most ecology yeah. of the breweries that we've got yeah sort of they, they reach sort of a wider range of um, clientele which is nice to see you know a lot of events almost every night of the week they've got something going on um whether it's trivia comedy open mics um live, live music. music on the weekends food trucks um so yeah it'll be good to see them represent in washington mm-hmm. have a couple of tap rooms and then uh in rocky mount rocky mount north carolina Hotfly brewing company which is in the rocky mount mills district they just within the last week or two had a soft opening for their charlotte location they just expanded out west so they're going the other direction um yeah. so cool to see some east carolina breweries start to mosey on out to the the west side of the state and um, i'm sure they were distributing like mad anyway so it's just nice that they've got a yeah. brick and mortar there with mm-hmm. a tap room and um the ability to reach that scene because charlotte's got a big brewing scene a brewery scene there for microbrews they've got i don't know oh, yeah. probably a few dozen or more mm-hmm. breweries just in that area so yeah it's good to see them get out there and they definitely have been killing it especially with their ipa game like, they're definitely doing a lot of hazy IPAs. Mm-hmm. They do a pretty n- good number of sours, too. And recently, we had their bangle. That was a mm. couple episodes ago. Yeah. As part of their textile series, right? Yeah, I think I just had another one of their textile IPAs recently. Textile. The uh, Mini Check. Ooh. Another hazy IPA. That was pretty good. Yeah. I didn't know that was a textile, but it's just... kind of reminds me of, like, checker? old, uh, like... <laughs> Those old like placemats are like uh, oh yeah it does like, yeah obviously Gingham, in red that's but what it looks like bingo Gingham 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 yeah. Gingham oh I said bingo bingo <laughs> looks like bingo I was like that's it's a very like small bingo <laughs> Gingham uh, yeah so we got some exciting stuff happening uh, and we also have a beer festival coming up right yeah oh yeah I've almost got it yeah Casita Brewing Company in Wilson North Carolina also a short distance away mm-hmm. uh, they're having what their collab fest in that's May that's coming up in May that'll be awesome cannot wait for that one yeah it's, cause what are they gonna be doing is it gonna be all their collabs I haven't yeah they, uh, they've reached out and they've got a few confirmed um, collab breweries already uh, for the collab fest they're, is Hill Farmstead gonna um, be with them that so there is, it's on Saturday, May 14th. Actually, tickets just went on sale, so um, head to their website if you're interested. It's going to be in the Whirligate Park, which is um, just across the street from the actual brewery. So uh, there's a VIP session that's a little bit more money, but you get um, exclusive access to 90-plus beers, and some of them are going to be exclusive to that VIP session. Exclusives. Um, some rare bottles uh, that will only be during that 11 to 2 p.m. Cool. slot. There's also a GA session later in the afternoon, and that one is going to have the same beers, just not the the rare special beers. Um, so just kind of, you know, whatever you're more in tune for. Yeah, they've got a new Anthem Beer Project is um, confirmed. They've got Percent Tap House, Resident Culture, Salude, Cerveceria, Short Throw, Side Project, Siren, Craft Brew, and uh, Stillwater Artisan artisanal ales um artisanal. so i think i don't know if that's a final list that they, they may have some more in the works i'm not sure but um you know they're, they're very big on collaboration with their brews so i think that's really fun to have um, a festival that sort of mm-hmm. uh, incorporates everybody that they've worked with and it's nice for us it's only about a 30 40 minute drive 
Lauren has to work, unfortunately. Yeah. She says anyway. But maybe you can make the GA. True. We're hoping you can make the GA. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. For your, we'll see. We'll see. Just start dieting up until then. Because we know you're counting your macros for this <laughs> beer right now. Yep. <laughs> Don't start dieting. Would you think I was calling you fat? Yeah. Many, I was like, wow. How many macros are in a beer anyway? Yeah. yeah how many or macros? What, what macros are there in a beer? Yeah. Mostly just carbs, right? Definitely carbs. Carbs. I don't know. It's debatable. Calories and carbs. Yes. It well, this, depends on where you look. This brings us into our, our main discussion and something that Lauren and I have been thinking about because we went on this honeymoon trip and we ate basically every, every four, four hours, hours on We're the like, like nonstop eating. Like I didn't, I like haven't, I've been too scared to weigh myself after getting home because I'm sure that I gained like 10 pounds because we just ate and drank continuously. Uh, so it got me thinking about beer. How does beer fit into that? And it's not looking so great <laughs> when I've been reading. So we've decided that we're going to counter macros, you know, be a little bit more, uh, we're going to exercise. We're going to be a little more conscious of what we have. And probably that means I'm going to have to cut down my beers to, to, you know, one, once a couple every few days maybe <laughs> i haven't figured that out yet where i want to be when were you going to tell me this no i mean i'm still gonna uh yeah, you know in, enjoy them but yeah just uh you gotta you gotta limit it the problem with beer in general is that you know there's a lot of things going on you got carbs from the sugars within the beer but then alcohol is its own beast when you're talking about weight loss yeah. So when we're talking about counting macros, we're talking about proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. fats. But then alcohol, from what I've been reading, is kind of this fourth macro that doesn't really fall into any specific category because it's metabolized via carbohydrate and fatty pathways. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I, I I think the idea that I hadn't I hadn't really considered was that you know, you, you think about when you're Sort of trying to, I guess, what you're trying to be in a metabolic state where you're burning calories and, and hopefully mm-hmm. burning fat. And it's, you know, which sources of energy are burned first. Mm-hmm. And I never would have guessed that alcohol would be at the top of that. The as far as like, yeah. Alcohol is like immediately the first to go. It's, I guess it's, I mean. It must just be so easily done. But that's, yeah, yeah it's it. It like, you drink alcohol, you absorb that, your body burns that priority number one energy. So that means everything else that you're eating is just going into storage. Yeah. yeah. Well. So do you need to like walk on the treadmill while drinking? Yeah. Like be proactive. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and you think about it too. I see you guys wanna go jump on the treads yeah. real quick. The oh. problem with alcohol too is the calorie density. Yeah. Because you think about your other macros, so proteins and carbohydrates are four calories. That's big C calories. Kilocalories uh, per gram. Fats, which are you know the most calorie dense nutrient, we're talking about nine calories per gram. With an alcohol, is seven calories per gram, so it's almost as much as fats. Whew. And he gets burned that way, you know. So it's very interesting. You don't realize how many calories are yeah. in things until you do it. This imperial stout, I'm telling you, eleven point five percent ABV. If you did a little math, you could convert it to grams per volume and then mm-hmm. figure out your your calorie density from that way. Uh, but then also with this, there's residual sugars, which is another issue with beer and can add to some calories as well. 
So if you're having a, you know, a new Bud Light next with no carbs, <laughs> they've done treated it with some process to get rid of all those residual sugars. But yeah. a beer like this, they've definitely not done that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think just a, a quick sort of average estimate and based on, you know, actual data. There, I mean, an Imperial Stout, you're going to find calories anywhere from 250 to 300 plus mm-hmm. per serving um you know you think about it like if you have a couple of those like uh even just a 10 to 12 ounce pour of a, an imperial stout mm-hmm. um on top of just you know the, the actual abv you're getting all the 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 actual that that, that cal- caloric intake is comparable to like a couple light snacks i mean mm-hmm. it, it's it's just it's so easy to put down because it's in a in a format in a, a medium that's so easy to oh yeah just sip away at and then on top of that you're probably snacking while you're eating it too so I think that's part <laughs> yeah. of the, the struggle yeah. with like drinking beer is people say like it's it's the beer is not helping but it's it that hand in hand notion of like eating something while you're yeah. snacking while you're drinking beer that actually con- you know contributes in another negative way it's just like extenuating the mm-hmm. The damage you're doing with the Yeah. Beer. I mean, and part about that, like, you drink and you want to eat more. <laughs> like, how many times after drinking, you're like, oh, let me go get this late night, you know, pizza or, you know, it's never late a night. Salad. Yeah, yeah. No, it's never, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's never like 2 a.m. and you're like, I need a kale salad right now. Maybe no some, like, dressing. Pecans and some, like, cranberries would be great. Where can I get this? Oh, my goodness. No, it's always, I want. You know, Bojangles or Taco Bell. Oh, uh, you know, oh, nothing. Saturated mm. fats. Delicious, <clears throat> but nothing's better than it. Yeah, so right. not only have you assaulted your body with a million calories from that the alcohol you just drank, but also you just assaulted it with Taco Bell. Uh, Which it, I would argue Taco Bell is not an assault. It's actually... Uh, it's more like a, a hug. It's... it's <laughs> You've hugged your body. <laughs> you care about yourself. You care. It's self-care. Yeah. So, what are your guys' plans then? I mean, I know with your uh, your counting of your macros and everything, um, you kind of mentioned it a little bit. Is, is that sort of your plan? Is to maybe just moderate that? How many drinks per day, or is it like per week? Or Probably how? per week things. I was, you know, when I was doing some reading and things, they're you know saying basically the equivalent if you're drinking like one per day. Like one 12 ounce craft beer per day. Actually, yeah. no, the things that I said was specifically 17 ounces uh, or like the 16.9 ounce 500 mil uh, guy is basically the, the point where you're not, they didn't see in studies body composition changes from that. So, I mean, if you stay there, they did say though that binge drinking, drinking, you know, four or five or six in a row also has its own set of impacts on that. But so I think the way I'm going to handle this is, you know, plan to have a couple, you know, a few days, you know, day a week or, you know, enjoy a couple craft beers. Uh, but just make sure that on the days that I have them, I'm not going overboard with my other calories and macros. Mm-hmm. And I haven't figured out how to exactly count them because it's difficult. You know, it's not like beer mm-hmm. has a nutrition label on it. <laughs> uh, like everything else yeah, yeah it would be nice if it did yeah sometimes you can get on the old my fitness pal app and somebody's put in like this specific thing or generic because the way i found that out like high ally ipa is oh, like like 300 calories per rip something like that it's yeah. insane and you're like oh my gosh just for an ipa yeah yeah well and 
I can't remember where I was reading this from, but um, there's this idea that uh, with craft beer versus um, you know, your domestic lager, mm-hmm. your kind of light beer, the the calories and the carbs are going to be way lower in your you know your your Bud Lights or your you know your uh, Miller High Lights. Things like that. Yeah, I mean they're, they're targeted for that reason. A lot of them actually advertise based on the carb content, nutrition. Yeah, it's like hey, we're you know we're a little bit lower cal. The the carbs are either low or non-existent. Um, that's a big fad right now, and I think keto. I think it's it's that's great, but you think about people that. You know, it's like, hey, the, this Mick Ultra is, you know, 95 cal and then, what, two carbs two or whatever. Carbs, yeah. But if you're crushing, like, 10 of those. Because I mean, <laughs> the light ones, I mean, that's, I think you're more, the argument is that, you know, a lot of times with light domestic lagers, people are drinking those more frequently in excess sometimes. Whereas a craft beer drinker may be more conscious about the ABV content. Uh, may, maybe a little more health conscious overall. I think there's actually a study that came out. There was a, a survey that um, they pulled craft beer drinkers versus just you know people that are drinking typically domestic beers, um, your your non craft beers, and uh, you know out of this you know this sample size, more more people that are in the craft beer I guess uh, umbrella uh, typically are working out more often. They're more aware of like health conscious decisions. And, um, you know, they're, they're not drinking as many of those beers in a sitting or mm. as many in a week, maybe, or in, in, a, uh, in a given set of time. Whereas somebody on the other side of that, and there's no shame in that because I, I dabble in bush light all the time <laughs> and other light beers. But, lattes. Yeah, some lattes. So, I mean, there's just like a time and place for that. But I think overall people that are maybe they, they kind of turn their nose up to craft beer or they're just not, it's not their taste. And they're just kind of settled with, you know, a, a nice mm-hmm. um, light beer. They probably are misguided in thinking that, oh, I can, you know, it's very low calorie, very low carb. I can drink several of these and it's not really affecting my diet. And that's sort of, you know, a, a fallacy there. I mean, in that marketing, because yes, one or two of those is not going to make a big ba- make or break in your diet. But, um, you know, it all adds up. And 14 so, will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just interesting to think like how different people think. I mean, based on like, yeah. what you drink. Yeah, I mean, well, if you have fourteen craft uh, IPAs, <laughs> that's probably wow. not good. You'll probably I'd also like be to dead. See that person is that like in one sitting? I don't want to see day? that person. Uh, Act like you've never been there, Lauren. Come on. No, but for me, it's not worth like because I'm never picking up a Bud Light and being like, mm, I love the taste of Bud Light. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna be like. Now, you know what I'm craving? A nice Bud Light right now. I wouldn't want to waste... If it was... If all I had was Bud Light uh, or, you know, another American light lager, yeah. I would just be like, all right, I'm not going to have beer. <laughs> and I'm trying to diet. Like, that's what I would be. I would just like, okay, I'll, right. I'll not do that. Well, I think for the most part, like, too, when I'm evaluating something, is it worth the calories? Exactly. And if it's something that's not, if I don't find pleasure out of eating it or consuming it or drinking it, mm-hmm. I'm not, it's not going to be worth the calories to me. Right. So. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's not like I'm, like, trying to get, like, drunk all the time off it. You know, I just enjoy the beers. So I'm trying to just make sure I do it wisely. Drink responsibly. Please drink responsibly. Yeah, that's probably a, probably a good tagline for this whole episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but what's interesting to me is, um, you know, reading this article from uh, livestrong.com, 
and you know they really go into detail about metabolism mm-hmm. and alcohol consumption and um the biggest takeaway from that is it's actually a bit alarming that sort of the the more in excess that you drink your metabolism will sort of in, like inversely react to that and, mm-hmm. and they'll it'll it'll adjust and adapt to that to hopefully like it increases your metabolism overall and that would fool you into thinking like oh i'm actually making a <laughs> being an alcoholic i'm actually my metabolism boosting my, my metabolism. off the charts <laughs> so i'm like you know burning through everything but again alcohol being the top of the priority list for burning as ener- an energy source so really just burning that alcohol yeah you're not burning the other things like if you're um, trying to lose weight you're not burning fat you're burning the alcohol that you're drinking and you're also yeah. intaking possibly carbs or other things you know because uh, that was one of the things I was like, well, let me look like and see, because we also like bourbon. It's like, hey, what about bourbon? And you, mm-hmm. you look at bourbon from the macro scale, it's like zero carbs, zero this, zero that. But, but it's sugar. Yeah, it's still, I think, like they said, like average. Well, even, yeah, no sugar or anything, but like, what, I think 97 calories per serving or something like that on average. And that all comes from the alcohol. I mean, anything that's got alcohol and it's going to have the calories. So... Even so, it's it's still not perfect from that standpoint because you're, yeah. like you said, shutting down your metabolism for everything else, prioritizing that alcohol metabolism, and uh, yeah, one shot of Woodford is 110 calories. Yeah. No carbs, fat, or protein. Yeah. So from that, wouldn't that be great? Can we just invent some protein-heavy bourbon? Wait. And beer? Didn't that one guy make protein vodka? Mike the situation. Did he make protein vodka? I thought he did. Back in, I don't know if anybody is remembers the Jersey Shore. I I do. <laughs> what the heck was that? You know. Uh, oh, you were fist pumping. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. That was supposed to be yeah. like boots and pants. Boots and pants and boots and pants and pants. Well, remind me not to take beatboxing <laughs> lessons from you. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, I think there's this like idea too that if you're trying to lose weight or you know uh getting getting healthier that you know alcohol should be one of the first things that you remove from your your diet Mm -hmm. um and in some ways you know you're you're gonna accelerate your your goals probably by doing so but there's nothing to say that alcohol has to be gone completely omitted yeah to to accomplish what you're going for it's just got to be monitored um as it should be anyway, even if you're not trying to lose weight, I think it's just... Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't just be like... <laughs> be aware of your consumption. Drink in moderation. You should be, be conscious of your alcohol intake. But yeah, I, I, I don't think in order to lose weight, you don't have to say, I'm cutting alcohol out entirely. Because there is some data that says, you know, drinking a, a beer a day or, you know, the equivalent of a, a pint of beer a day is, is not going to be the end of your weight loss or it's not going to change anything radically. And, you know, if you think about, like, some other cultures, like European cultures or, mm-hmm. or things, they're having a, a beer with dinner. A lot of people are drinking yeah. beer with wine. dinner or wine with dinner, you and know, it's, and it's... There's proven studies, too, I mean, with, with the, the heart benefits for certain alcohol and for yeah. some of the um, antioxidants you get from things like beer and wine. I think liquor and other spirits are sort of, ex- you know, they exclude any kind of <laughs> benefit yeah. from that. That's where maybe it's a little bit gray, but, like, beer and wine, there's plenty of... I mean, their their actual makeup of you know, brewing and fermenting beers and wines, you're you're actually you're using a lot of good ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, the alcohol is obviously a byproduct of 
you know, the, the reaction yeah. to fermenting, but um, that's not to, you know, it doesn't eliminate the fact that there's actually good yeah. quality ingredients. In oh, yeah. Health, healthy in some degree and to, and to some extent. So. You know, and to plug beer a little more, it's it's got all your micronutrients, not all your micronutrients, but it's got some micronutrients in it too. B vitamins, other things, especially if you're consuming a little bit of that yeast, a little bit of that cloudy yeasty haze, you get a little bit of, you know, some, some good stuff out of that. Wait, you guys are counting your macros, but are you counting your micros? Oh, snap. No, no I'm not. I'm not. I'm cutting my B12 intake. <laughs> I'm not getting my B12. I am only going to have this much potassium and then die. <laughs> what oh. do you got there, Elsie? Looks like you were pulling out a secret beer. Yeah, your glasses are empty, so you know what time that is? Time for Elsie's Pig of the Week. <laughs> Alright, assume your positions. All right. Now, we've already talked about this separate from today's episode, but I'm curious how this will play out. As you may know, and as you've probably gathered from this episode, if not before, um, Joe and LC have tied the knot, and in doing so, Lauren is taking Joe's last name, <laughs> which is Davis. Now, the... The issue arises that LC's pick of the week would then would that become LD's pick of the week? LD's pick of the week. Or are we gonna keep them you know, the nomenclature of LC and just write it out? I don't know. LD's. Maybe we should ask the fans. Yeah, fans. Yeah. What fans, do you, say? you should weigh in. Fans, if anyone's out there, if there <laughs> are any fans, what should it be called? So what you smelling, Nick, on this LC's pick of the week? I stuck my nose in a big pile of foam. I feel like it's pretty full. Let me Is get. That- Hefty foam boy. Foamy boy. Wow, very juicy estery beer here, but it's in like the the IPA realm. Oh, for sure. But it's like noticeably f- juicy fruit, like some citrus, some. I think juicy like, fruit was a great descriptor because it runs me like juicy gum. fruit gum. Yeah. This is. I'm gonna say that when I open my eyes, this is gonna be hazy. So it's like some citrus and some tropical fruit. It's, not going to be, like, tart citrus, but just... Almost a little bit a of, little like... vibrancy, I guess, from that. And then on top of that... Yeah. Oh, me. some stone fruit. Yeah. It's peach plum, kind of a... I haven't had a plum in a while, though, so it's hard to... You ever had a pluot? <laughs> oh, This might be the second time on the podcast we've mentioned pluot. <laughs> Pluots. Do you not remember before I learned pluot? Or what did we talk about the other day? Tangelo. A plume and a what? A plume. <laughs> Can I have a plume? A say? plume and an apricot. Yes. Oh, interesting. Doing a quick little pl- cleanse of my palate because that imperial stout. Yeah. Good idea. Now let's go in for a taste. Mm. Oh, I didn't let it linger on my tongue. It's pretty strongly carbonated. Yep. As I probably could have guessed by the assault of foam I had in my nose. Yes. A little bit drying. It's got a light body. Also, what's that Instagram account that we follow that they do the foam chugs all the time? Church of Chug? Is that what it is? Or is it... Have you seen what I'm talking about, Nick? I don't think so. They'll do a bunch of like videos together and they've got a glass almost entirely filled with foam and they chug it. <laughs> I don't know why. It's funny, That's really uncomfortable for my stomach. Yeah, I can feel the foam just like... Why? Yeah. Um, It's not as sweet on the nose as... Or on the taste as you would get from the nose you know you talk about fruit 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 
But you're met with a, a pleasant bitterness, I think. Still quite juicy, though, on the taste for me. What do you say, Lorenzo? Yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah, sure. Think about your words. Describe. Taking a look here. It's actually nice. Hazy as I would have expected. No, it's got some haze, but it's not, like, completely opaque. Like, I can't see how many fingers I'm holding up. But I'm holding some fingers up. It's kind of a... So it's a pale golden color. A little bit hazy. A little bit of yeast sediment in there. Persistent head. Leave some lace on the glass. Yep. Now, tying that back into that kind of drying mouthfeel. A little bit of bitterness. But also some juicy... Mm-hmm. Maybe stone fruit. Some citrus. Maybe some... Um, the bitterness is higher than I thought. So I don't know if it's a full-blown like... Maybe it's a pale ale. That I don't know if it would... I feel like it's too aggressive for a pale ale. That's fair. And now, I feel like when I think of pale ales, I usually think more malt forward, which this is not. I feel like it's almost malt non-existent. Yeah, I mean, it's a very light golden color. So it's... But even that backbone, like I get a lot of dryness, right? I don't know. Is that how you're feeling? Do you taste Yeah, no, I mean, the first sip was like... My teeth were like sticking to my lips after it was mm-hmm. a very drying finish. Um, bitter, and it is bitter. Like it leaves a lasting bitterness, mm-hmm. especially um, on that like retro nasal. It's only kind of washed once you take another sip, and you get that w- new wave of the the fruit flavor. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like it's a. I don't know if it's a New England though. Like the haze is there, but that doesn't seem like it's the focus. Like it's not like a hazy neat, but it's just a juicy tropical IPA. I could see it being a West Coast IPA. It's just almost yeah. a touch too juicy for that. I feel like the tropical hits hard. Or if it's a uh, hmm, I'm gonna put my guess in. I'm actually gonna take one more sip. One more sip to confirm. I'm going to guess actually that it's a double IPA. Ooh, and. Yeah, I'm 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 in agreement with you. I don't think it's gonna be of the New England variety. I mean, obviously, there's not really a lot of New England doubles. You know, that would make sense for the bitterness. Double I think IPA. just pronounced bitterness, but I think it's not like necessarily a true West Coast because of that that the juice estery and juicy um, profile. So I'm I'll just gonna say, say it's a double IPA. I'll say American IPA. That's what I'm sticking with. I could I could easily see it being a double just for the sake of being different than what you're guessing, because of the aggressive hot bitterness. But I feel like it's it's juicy. It's got the thing that I think makes me think more. Just plain American IPA is one the lack of like haze and two the aggressive bitterness in mm-hmm. conjunction with the juice. The juiciness I think is what throws me off because it's like it's yeah too tropical juicy to be, like yeah because yeah, you're talking about American IPA you're talking either resinous or piney or you can get tropical fruits or citrus you can have come through and then usually aggressive bitterness but so let's see what you got for us prove us wrong very quickly wow so, it's a cold show. do you remember back to that oh no that first Wait, IPA. That's just an IPA, oh, though. That you guys candy. reviewed. Yeah. So you got the, the IPA. Sycamore Mountain Candy. Which is, I don't think is a... It's just an IPA. It's just an IPA. It's an IPA. Just an IPA. IPA. No. Not a NEPA. What an interesting... But you caught on to the juicy flavors of stone fruit. Stone fruit. You said that early. Woo! So it's an American IPA. 
Mountain Candy. That was, yeah, right from the early days of East Carolina. Beer. Yeah, review number one, How which fun. we still have to do another yeah. written review. We, we had gotten gathered material, but the podcast we've just been... Let's get back on track for sure. Yeah, with the old potty, we've been just going, doing pod sodes, yeah, and not so much our gotta, written evaluations. You just got to like focus on, you know... One endeavor at a time. Which, I got a couple more of those rare beer clubs we could easily write up. Yeah, we should do that, right, actually. An interesting little review. Mm-hmm. We've got plenty of beers on deck for uh, for both. Yeah. Just uh, some some NC beers of the week, some special beers. Uh, it's always nice just to kind of like flex your, your writer's muscle a little bit. Or oh, your, yeah. Your writer's brain. Yeah, that creative juices flowing. The juice. The juice. It's worth the squeeze. Squeeze. <laughs> On that note, what did you learn today, Elsie? I learned that alcohols are burned off uh, the quickest. Preferentially, Preferentially yes. Yeah. Nice. What did you learn, El, El Nico? I don't like Um, I learned that um, certain styles... I mean, this is something I've, I guess I've already known, but like certain styles, you actually can be totally caught off guard by the mouthfeel. Um, with our first beer, the cracking of the beard here with this uh, Imperial Stout from Grand Cuvée, or actually it was no, Le Trois yeah. Um, you know, it was a bit more bright and carbonated than I would have expected for an Imperial Stout. And again, with this Mountain Candy, which I've had before, I don't remember, remember it being so lastingly bitter i guess yeah um and for an ipa i guess just a standard american ipa i guess that kind of makes sense but when you're blindly going into it and i'm thinking it's and you just really evaluate it shows you like when you're just really evaluating without any preconceived notions what it's like Mm -hmm. very interesting when you're you're critical like our bjcp yeah so so critical yeah and what did you learn uh what did i learn I don't know what I learned. I've learned nothing. I've learned nothing. <laughs> uh, Rick and Morty reference there. Uh, but yeah, I've learned that I, I, I'm i digging this uh, Rare Beer of the Month Club, mainly because you just get beers sent to your mail, and you get to try new things. But so yeah. maybe, maybe keep that going. Yeah. Keep it. Keep it 100. Yeah, so. so. Well, on that note. That wraps us up for episode 23. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at East Carolina Beer. Check out our website, eastcarolinabeer.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook. We're on Twitter at East Beer. Or if you want to send us an email, eastcarolinabeer at gmail.com. If you want to hit us up and send us some of your beer, please do. Send it. Yeah, please do. Please. And you know, send us a DM on Instagram or shoot us an email anytime. We appreciate you listening. Make sure you subscribe and rate the podcast and let us know what you hate and what you love. We'd love to hear from you. Till next time. Cheers. Cheers.